Hello and welcome to Carl's Interviews in podcast form. This is an audio extraction of the live interviews that I've conducted with some absolutely fantastic guests from all walks of life with a common theme of being truly inspiring and I cannot wait for you to hear their story. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to another of Carl's interviews. Today I'm joined by Jordan Wiley. Jordan's an adventurer, fundraiser, author and veteran. Um, him and I have actually been talking offline for a little while and I reckon about half of what he said to me has been filled with military cliches. So Jordan, I, I guess that never really leaves you, does it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think, uh, and, we, and I think we also, as veterans, we try and hang on to that little bit of military as well all the time. Any, any opportunity, whether it's a, a remembrance day, you know, for me working with the cadets or whatever it is, uh, you know, we're always, if we see an opportunity to be part of the military system again, uh, we, we always seem to jump at it, which is a testament to, to, to the great, you know, sort of family that the military is. It is. And what I've been so delighted with as well is, and it's definitely improved over the years, as you and I would have seen from the time we've been out, is the support that those leaving are getting now the education they're receiving in terms of, I know you've done bits to educate them on networking and how to get out. And then the support again with mental health as well, because of the challenges so many have experienced during their time in, but fairly recently it's only now being recognized for what it was. Yeah, absolutely. But I, you know, I, I, I also think, cause I was a, I was a rejoiner as well. So I, I did sort of five, six years, got out and then got back in again and did a, a second stint. Um, and I think that you have to take responsibility for your own life. And I think it's something I often say to uh, people who are still serving, you know, because, you know, I've, I, sometimes I, I hear this victim mentality from, from, uh, from certain people in the veterans community. It's almost like, and I, and, and you know what, be honest, I had it the first time I left. It's like, well, I've done my bit. I've served my country. You know, I've got yeah. my medals. I've done my tours. So somebody, somebody owes me something here. Come on, give yeah. me a job. But it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. No. Um, and so when I went back in the army the second time, I realized that I really had to sort of apply myself. I focused heavily on the education and the military system has lots of opportunities for uh, continued professional development, but you have to go and find it. It's not going to jump out and say, here I am, I'm going to fund you and, I'm, and, and you can do whatever you want. It's, you've got to get out there. You, you, you know, you've got to find all the different streams, speak to education officers. You've, you've really got to get into the weeds of the system um, because ultimately, you know, the army is there to, it's training people for, to be soldiers, to go to war for conflict. It's whether we like it or not, you know, when you've left the army, you're not going to be the number one priority of the armed forces. And that's, for me, that's completely understandable. Um, yeah. but, but, but I think they do a lot of good, you know, they get a tough, a tough time. But for me, there's lots of great systems in place, but, but you need to go and work hard and only you uh, can, can sort of manage your own life. Um, and, and, and often you, you learn the hard way. You know, I certainly did the first time I, I got out after six years and I had no qualification still. And, but actually there were systems there that supported me, but I didn't take advantage of them. Um, and I expected somebody to come and hand me, you know, what course I need to go on or, or whatever it might be. But uh, you, you live and learn and hopefully... Um, you know, uh, one of the expressions that I like is a, a, a wise person learns from their mistakes, but an even wiser person learns from the mistakes of other people. Um, and there's been plenty of people going through that system and, and lots of lessons shared. So hopefully people take those things on board. I remember reading actually on one of your blogs you said about, hadn't you? You used that quote as well. Uh, probably. I, I like my quotes. I'm like an encyclopedia for quotes. I, I'm, I, I'm probably the most annoying Facebook friend because I'm constantly posting a motivational quote. I'm one of those people. <laughs> I've noticed a few of them coming up now and then, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, 
I think when you're in lockdown as well, um, you know, it's been, it's been really challenging. So whatever you can do to motivate yourself, you know, and, and, and that's the one thing that I love, you know, we, we laugh and we joke about uh, mot motivational quotes, but actually the great thing that I love about them is that depending on where you are in your life, they can mean so many different things to so many yeah. different people. Um, and you can take much from, and you can take so much from a quote. Um, it, can, it can really change your day. And I, I'm a big fan. I, I love reading anyway. You know, I love reading. I love writing. So um, any, any, anything, I think words are very powerful. Um, you know, when, when someone's took the time to, to, to put something together, I, I always respect that. Well, it's funny you say about reading because I've been doing my homework recently. Oh, two great books there. <laughs> <laughs> You'd thoroughly recommend it to anyone, would you? Everybody, check those books out. <laughs> <laughs> what I did find interesting, though, is the you as an author have changed through this, and you can almost see the journey you've taken as well. And um, sort of look at interviews and read about you when you first got out, some of your experiences, to where you are now. And obviously, most recently, I think it was the National Running Show was the last time I sort of listened to you. And it, what I found quite interesting is just how you've, grown and picked up and I think potentially from all the cultures you've gained exposure to and the world you've seen has developed you as a character and you can see that in your writing style as well. Yeah I think you know I, I, I've come to sort of the, the, the writing and, um, and, and later in life I think it's only been in the last sort of four four years or so where I found a, a real passion for it and I, I write um, a few columns in different sort of articles and newspapers and magazines and things and I, I find it quite therapeutic for my own mental health because it allows me to express myself in a different way. Um, I, you know, I think typically, generally, males aren't the most forthcoming when it comes to thoughts and feelings. You know, it's, it's a terrible yeah. habit of generations that we've developed. And it's something that I try to uh, encourage young people to do today, to, to speak really openly. And actually, I don't know if you uh, have sort of seen the film Frozen, uh, the Disney film Frozen. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so, so, <laughs> so, so I was really intrigued by um, Frozen 2, actually, because... One of the characters in there, Kristoff, uh, he, he's a really interesting character because for me, it's the first time we see a sort of Disney prince who, who openly talks about his, his thoughts and his feelings. And he also doesn't sort of step in and be the hero. He, he, he supports his partner um, in, throughout the, the film and, and he sort of takes a back seat. And he was a really interesting character. Uh, and so I decided to run the Siberian ice race dressed as Kristoff to raise awareness for mental health in young people. Because I just thought, we need more Christophs in the world. We need, we need yeah. sort of these mas masculine figures that will stand on a podium and say, do you know what, it's okay to say that I had a little cry this morning because I weren't happy or something, or, you know, this has got the better of me today and, you know, I, I need a break or whatever it might be. You know, there's, we, we can take some lessons. And I don't know, again, with these Disney films, because I've got a young daughter, I find myself watching them. And there's always some really interesting sort of adult subliminal yes. message in them, and it's it's quite it's quite it's quite nice to dissect it and see what you can take from it, um, or maybe that's just my cover up for being a big Disney fan. <laughs> it's interesting because similar to me, you obviously grew up with a father who was ex forces as well, and certainly their generation, because we're only a year apart, they didn't have that. You didn't express your feelings. You were very strong, weren't you? That the man was the man, as it were. And it's interesting that you've grown up and you can see that now and trying to do it with your daughter and have those feelings and emotions and not be afraid to actually admit when things are a struggle or things are difficult. And it's, it's very powerful to do that, I think. You know, I think we, we for me, I think because, I, I, you know, I've, I've had my own uh, mental health challenges and I've, yeah. you know, I still, I still take medication today. Um, not, not because of my military service or anything like that, just, just because of the challenges that life gives yeah. us all um, yeah. that have got the better of me, you know, relationship breaks down, all, all those sort of things. And, um, I think that, you know, I, I bottled it up for a long, long time and then it got the better of me. And now 
and completely the opposite. I will happily talk uh, in front of audiences about some of my sort of, I guess, darkest moments. And, and, and I have no shame in that now because actually I feel a lot better when I do that. Um, and, and more often than not, what, what, what's quite interesting is when I, if I give a talk in a, whether it's in a business or, or, or an army camp or a cadets or whatever, people will always come up to me at the end and they will talk to me about their own challenges. And yeah. I, when I ask them, have you told any of your colleagues or your family or friends, they will always say no. And it, so, so I think we are removing the stigmas by being open. We are talking and maybe not removing the stigmas, but we're certainly encouraging others to come out and talk about whatever challenges it, they are and, and let that be normal and, and let them feel comfortable about it. So I think it's, I think it's quite an important thing to do. I, I think, you know, I've been very fortunate over the last few years to, uh, to, to, to build my profile using the media and, and TV and things and, and, and with the books. And for me, I, I don't take that lightly. I, for me, it comes with great responsibility. I, I think there are, I often say, I think there is a lot of very um, uninspiring celebrity types out there. Uh, that, that don't do any good or they send out the wrong messages. So even though, you know, I've only got a small profile, I take that with significant responsibility to be able to, to try and use it for a force of good, hopefully. Uh, for me, my passion is children. It's, it's helping young people. Um, if I can help inspire the next generation, both in the UK and overseas, um, you know, I'll be a very happy person when I, when I leave this world, if I, can, if I can try and inspire as many people as possible. But that genuinely comes across as well. It was one of the reasons why I was so keen to get you on here early as well, because everything from your interaction with the Army Cadet Force, trying to inspire those young people to actually you know, make a good go of it in later life. But it's also for someone that has been there, and we'll come on to some of your challenges in a bit, but really been at the thick of it and experienced danger, you know, as somebody a tough, rugged man. So on the flip side, actually go, no, not only am I in touch with my own emotions and accept that's fine, but I want to do right by people. And for a man that's raised over a million pounds and still isn't satisfied with that and still wants to raise more, that says a lot about you as an individual as well, really, in my eyes. Yeah, do you know, I think, I think you know, raising money is one thing, but actually, for me, I, I, don't, I don't look at that so much. It's about making a difference. I think that's, that's the big thing, you know, raising, raising money or making a donation, and I take nothing away because it's, it's hugely important and actually it's fundamental to what we're trying to do um, when, when we're, we're building schools or whatever, but actually... Raising, making a donation is actually the easy bit, you know, most yeah. people can make a quick donation, but it's actually, for me, you know, if you ask me like what success looks like now, it'd be very different than what success to me looked like 10 years ago. Today, for me, success and fulfillment is about how many people, young people's life can I impact for the, for the good, for the better? How many people can I try and inspire to be the best version of themselves they can be? And I think it's those military traits of the core values, the courage, respect yeah, for others, yeah. integrity, loyalty, discipline, selfless commitment. It's those traits that if we can install them in young people, and they don't have to join the army to do that. The cadets is not the army. It's not the military. It's just a youth organization. No. Um, and, it, and it's about it, it's about trying to install some, some good traditional British values in young people. Um, you know, and, and we look at what's going on at the moment. It's absolutely madness, you know, and not that I want to get political because it's not my space. And I, I try no. to avoid... <laughs> I try to avoid controversy or politics all the time. But, you know, when I look on the news and I, and I try not to watch that much of that these days, but you see what's going on. And, and for me, you know, we, 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 we misrepresent all those values by YC going on at the moment um, in so many different ways. And I don't just mean about people protesting. I mean about the people who are sat at home having their views on those protesters as well, you know, on yeah. both sides of the fence. Uh, but, yeah, we'll leave that one for another day. We'll park that, <laughs> that discussion. 
Well, let's talk because there's a few bits I want to cover because I know we're a little bit limited for time. And it'd be remiss of me not to cover some of your incredible adventures, um, both from the running dangerously, rowing dangerously, and obviously this very unusual year of 2020 where there was a lot of build that you had an incredible aspiration and clearly COVID-19 has prevented that. So I just want to start first of all, what inspired you to do the challenges 2018 and 2019? I think so. The, the 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 2018 challenge was the the running dangerously. So yes, um, it, it, to, to run um, sort of long distance endurance uh, races, runs in the three most dangerous countries in the world at the time, which of course were Iraq, Afghanistan, Somalia. It goes back actually a long a long time to when I was serving in the military, and in 2000 and uh, in in my first tour of Iraq, I can remember very clearly. Um, you know, long story short, but I I was um, I was. In a, in a convoy of three Land Rovers. I was in the first Land Rover. We were driving from a place called Alamara down to Majir al-Kabir in the, the Maysan province. Um, we came to what we came to a, a group of children in the, in the road at the time. Um, I thought we were probably driving into an ambush uh, at the time, but we wasn't. It was some children who I thought were there to slow us down, but actually it wasn't. We got closer and closer. Uh, it turned out they were in distress. Uh, tragically, one of the children had inadvertently um, stood on or uh, activated an IED. Um, he, he'd lost his, his right leg clean off this little boy, probably the same age as my daughter now, maybe maybe 10 years old or so. And we jumped out of the vehicle, did all the drills, secured the area, tried to put, uh, put a tourniquet on this little boy. But tragically, yeah. um, it, it catastrophic bleed. And, and, you know, within the hour, he'd lost his life, um, which was which was crazy. And, uh, you know, tragic, to say the least. Um Again, long story short, on the way back to camp that night, I was, although I was a vehicle commander, I was working in the intelligence cell at the time, uh, attached to the, um, the Staffordshire Regiment Battle Group, mm -hmm. who, who are no longer here anymore. Yeah. And um, they was, um, I, was, I had my own interpreter, and my interpreter, um, he said to me, uh, I, I said to my interpreter, I said, it was a throwaway comment as a young, I don't know, 20 years old or something, I said, what were these kids doing playing in the road? Didn't they have a school to go to, like other kids? And he looked at me and he paused and he had that sort of condom moment. And he said, no, Jordan, they don't go to school. And, and actually, they probably never will go to school, these kids. Uh, and if they could, they'd have to be able to afford to. They'd have to travel a long distance, yeah. uh, you know, and, and so on and so forth. And I, 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 that was the first realisation for me as a kid that left school at 16 with no qualifications, no GCSEs, that actually education is, is a gift that is you're very fortunate to have if you have access to it in, in, in any way, shape or form. And, it, and as I grew older over the next sort of 15 years or so, uh, 20 years, whatever it was, I, I realised actually most kids in the world don't have access to, to, to basic education. It's actually something that us in the West, certainly in the UK, it's something that a lot of us like me take for granted. It's uh, yeah. a lot of, you know, a, a lot of people. It, it's actually, I remember thinking, it, it, I'm quite embarrassed to say it's, it was actually an inconvenience to my life to have to go to school. You know, I, I hated school. I, I all, all I enjoyed was was sport. You know, football, athletics, yeah. cricket, whatever it was. Um, but but actually, that moment was the first time when I was in Iraq and I realised that um, you know actually I was so lucky to even have the opportunity to go to school and I took it completely for granted. And I said to myself that night when I sat in my sort of tent or whatever in in Alamara, I said that one day I would love to come back to these places and try and, and try and provide that, inspire them through some hope of education. Um, and that's what that, that project was ultimately about. It was about going to places that I'd worked or served in, both as a soldier or in the private sector. And it was, it was, it was shining a spotlight on education as a whole in these countries and saying, because I, 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 what I do is I go into schools in the UK and I show all my findings 
uh, yeah. uh, you know, and, and try and inspire children in the UK to have a sense of sort of gratitude to say, look, this is what's going on for the children the same age as you at the other side of the world. Um, so, you know, think about these teachers who are here now developing you, helping you grow. Uh, incredible people, you know, just think about that tonight. Think about that you get three meals a day. Think about that you go home to a lovely family because you're better off than about 80% of the world, the fact that you can do yeah. all those things. Uh, and, and, and although I was sharing a sense of gratitude with the children back here, it also gives me a, a massive sense of gratitude and fulfillment uh, to be able to try and provide, whether it's educational resources, build a school, uh, support, uh, you know, whatever it is in, in terms of education. And I just think that if you can do some good in the world, then absolutely you should. Why should you not? Especially, you know, when you've been and travel. I, I think travel is probably the best education in the world to go and see the world for what it is. Uh, and, and the military is obviously great for that because it allows you to go uh, to some great places, some not so great. But what was also interesting for me going back to those countries was that I wasn't carrying a weapon. Um, I was going there as a civilian and, and, and the, the perception of me was very different. You know, I was treated in a very, very different way. Uh, and actually, my outlook on, on life in those countries was completely different. And actually, you know, I have no uh, qualms in saying that when I was in Iraq, Afghanistan and Somalia in 2018, and I've been back to them since some of those countries, I, I've never seen more kindness, acts of humanity, uh, compassion, love uh, than, than I've seen anywhere in the world. I see more of that in those countries than I see in our own country. And that's not, a, you know, a throwaway statement. That's that's the facts of what I've seen. Uh and actually, Afghanistan is probably one of the most beautiful countries in the world uh, in terms of its natural beauty and things. And people think I'm crazy when I say that, you know, and I've, <laughs> you know, I've been to some pretty impressive places. Um, uh, but, you know, it's, it, it, was, it was a journey that was about shining a spotlight on, on these countries, especially the plight of the children. It was a journey about showing the children in the UK of, of, of what, how fortunate we are. But it was also allowing me to go back to places where I'd lost good friends, um, you know, we, we shed a lot of British blood in some of those countries, as we know. Um, and, and, you know, it, it was it was a real honour in so many, it, it ticks so many boxes for me uh, and was one of the most fulfilling things that I, I've ever done. Um, and, and, and like all great adventures, you know, it's about the places you go. It's about the people you meet. And, uh, you know, I made some great friends who will be friends for life from that. And, 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 and then, yeah, then 2019 was the rowing dangerously. I, again, you, you, know, you know yourself as a fundraiser when you're trying to, raise um you know serious amounts of money when you want to go into the the tens the hundreds of thousands it's very difficult it's a very competitive sector um unless you're 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 100 years old and your name's colonel tom or you know, <laughs> you're in the mix with the rest of us that's and, it <laughs> yeah exactly and and, it's, and, it's, and it's, it's it's a tough it's tough to raise money uh, and i take my heart off to anyone who raises 10 pound or they raise a million pound because it's it's a tough market to crack and and that's why I guess a lot of my, my, my adventures or charity expeditions are, are, are normally quite substantial in terms of the risk, the danger, or the perceived risk, should I say, perceived risk, the perceived danger. Um, because normally that generates media coverage. If you do something that's a bit wacky, a bit wonderful, a world first, yeah. that will generate the media coverage. And typically uh, fundraisers, they go and they start on the donors and, they, and the sponsors. I do it the other way. I, I I start with something wacky that will grab the media's attention because I know if I've, I've got the media attention, then the, the rest will take care of itself. Uh, if I can get myself on, you know, BBC, Sky News or whatever it might be, I know that that's going to hit millions of viewers. So, you know, me going, I, I often think like, instead of trying to find 100 people to give you a pound, let's try and find like, you know, four people to give you 25 pound or two to give you 50. Uh, and I, I try and turn the sort of strategy on its head. Yeah, yeah. But it is very difficult. Um, it's very difficult. And, 
also you're only as good as sort of your last expedition. So if you make a pledge or a commitment to do something, um, and, and I try and be very specific in my goals, you know, whether it's build a school or, or, or build a well or whatever it might be, provide a hundred books or, or, you know, I, I'm, I, I think when you're very specific as opposed to, again, it's only my opinion in my experience, but I find that being very specific about what you're trying to achieve, um, it gives you a lot more sort of, not credibility, but a, a lot more sort of weight when you're trying to, to, to attract fundraising donors and things, because, you know, it's very easy to say I'm, I'm raising money for whatever charity and, and because you don't really know where that money's going to go. It goes into the pot. And this was one of the reasons why I've been very specific in, in helping and setting my own uh, things up with different charities, because I raised a lot of money and I didn't know where it was going. And that's not to say that the charities were doing anything wrong or the money no, was going to the wrong place. It was just that I couldn't tell my donors who donated substantial amounts of money where that money was going, except for it was going somewhere good. And then when you scratch beneath the surface, you know, I always challenge people to, to, to say, you know, how much of the pound goes to where it should go. Yeah. And again, it's, a, it's another controversial debate. So I try to work with charities where I know 100% of the, of the money raised will go directly to the aid. So a lot of the charities I work with, they, they don't have salaried staff. They are charities of volunteers um, because I know that I will have the biggest impact through my funds. And also I can tell the donors we're building this school, this very specific project. You know, every pound is going for the brick or, or, or whatever it might be. So, yeah. And, and I found that, that, that there is a lot of people who are reserved about making large donations to charitable causes. So to work with charities that, that operate in that very transparent manu, manner where accounts are published on the website or whatever, again, it gives that sort of extra added layer, layer of assurance that, that people, you know, in transparency. Because I, I think there has been a lot of bad press around the charity sector over the last decade or so with lots of, you know, negativity. But, you know, if you put yourself out there and you're trying to do good things, unfortunately, with the internet these days, you are going to get a bit of negativity for some reason. You know, I, I was I was trolled quite a lot on Twitter and I came off it because it was always like, well, why are you helping the kids in Africa when there's kids at home when, you know, and all this sort of comments. And I just thought, no, you don't get it. We're actually all part of the same family. It's called humanity. <laughs> we're all the same. Um, and, 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 you know, so I had lots of debates with people and social media, it's a double-edged sword. You know, it's, it, it does a lot of good. Like we can do things like this and share ideas, but also you, you, it gives everyone a voice. And sometimes when you read comments, you think that everyone probably shouldn't have a voice. No, I couldn't agree more. And it's something I, I've tried to advocate in the limited time I've been on social media, use it as force for goods. Um, it's also interesting that from your quote, you said before, ignore the haters. And um, I can imagine, especially someone that suffered, you say, chronic anxiety, depression, it must be hard sometimes to do that when you're trying to do right and trying to do a good thing and still being criticised and have people questioning what you're doing. Oh, definitely. You know, I, I'm easily offended as well, because uh, I think when you set your you try to set your standards as high as possible. But also, you know, sometimes you get things wrong. Uh, you know, if you get something wrong, I've learned that the best thing to do is hold your hand up and, and own your mistake and say, do you know what? I'm still learning. I'm not perfect. And, and if you get something wrong, hold your hand up and say, I've made a mistake here and I apologize. I think, you know, if you try and shy away from it, you, you, you know, the, the sort of situation gets worse. Anxiety builds up. Um, you know, it, we have to remember it's not the real world social media. And, and, and often the people who will have judgment or comments on whatever you're doing, the, the, they're not people who you know, they're not people who you've met, the, the people who have put often two and two together and got five or six, you know, they don't know all the facts. Um, but, you, you, you know, I think, and, and what I learned as well is that the, the stronger you build on your profile, the more people will try and have pots at you from different directions. Yeah. Um, but, and that's, that comes with the territory. And, you know, you have to, you, if, if you was upset by every comment, you know, you'd probably never get out of bed. And, and you have to sort of, 
uh, you know, you have to bat it off and, and don't take it personal, which is sometimes easier, easier said than done, that's for sure. It is. And what I've seen through the time I've known you and learning about your journey, journey is you very much practice what you preach. So you talk about education. I know you've actually done a huge amount to educate yourself and professional development since joining the army, leaving the army, continuing through your adult life. And the same as well. Um, I saw there was an incident in early 2019 where there was a use of a, a, other images, wasn't there? And you made an apology for that in October. And yeah. then even as well, for a man that's had been diagnosed with epilepsy and um, one of the few people that can say, actually, having dengue fever was a positive because I thought I was going to have Ebola. But <laughs> you have certainly not been without your knocks and challenges as well, but still pushing on and remaining positive and do, doing what you can to be the best version of yourself as well. Yeah, and I think that's all, that's all we can do in life, I think. I think you, you have to keep pushing forward. You have to try and be as positive as possible. Um, and I think, you know, your attitude and, and your outlook and your perspective is everything. It'd be it's very easy to be negative. You know, we can all sit and be negative about the COVID-19. Um, I've, I've tried to use it as an opportunity to grow and develop. I've done online learning courses. I've done lots of seminars for cadets. Uh, and actually, there's been lots of positives. I spent more time with my daughter than, than, than I've ever spent before. Um, so for me, I, I look at this, this situation we're in, and, 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 and there's two sides to the coin. And, and, and depending on what side you want the coin to land on depends on how you will, you will move forward. Um, and, and I think that's the same with everything in life. You know, you have to take those, those bad days as lessons. Um, you have to take those, those perceived failures or negatives as, as lessons of, of, of how to test the just and move forward. Um, and, and if you get everything right all the time, actually, you know, life, life is, is quite dull, actually. You know, you, you need to be challenged. You need to be, you need, you need to be challenged. You need to, to, to fail uh, because, you know, for me, all those failures or, or, or perceived failures, they are all what make me who I am today. They are all, it was yeah. all those journeys, those setbacks. For, I think failure is, is probably the best ingredient for success um, because you learn so much about yourself, other people. Um, and, and, and you know what you need to do because you've tried it, it's not worked uh, or, or you've got it wrong. Uh, so so for, for me, I, I, I view sort of negative failure in different ways. Um, and, and, and for me, it, it's a force, but it's the ultimate fuel for success failure. I, I, I genuinely believe that. I, I don't remember reading that in your Wiley's ABC to success earlier. <laughs> no, I think, that was, um, I think that was 2013. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot so, of failures. So, for, those that, for those that aren't aware then, what, would have been your plans for 2020 what um has corona postponed and delayed yes yeah, so your big polar challenge yeah so just going back to the 2019 the rowing so just because lessons learned as well for sharing on the fundraising so the rowing challenge was for me the toughest challenge i've ever done it was also the most complex in terms of logistics and things but what i also learned is not actually that many people row you know lots of people run <laughs> rowing, yeah. rowing is quite a niche sport and and i think yeah, that was fair. You know, it was reflected in the fundraising as well because you can't get a lot of people involved in rowing. You know, you need a rowing machine or you need to have a, yeah. a rowing boat. Uh, so even though we raised a substantial, you know, we raised over 100,000, but actually it was 100,000 plus less than what we raised from the running because I could yeah. engage with other runners and, and get running uh, people involved. So that's why I went back to running again in, in, the, in this year and come up with Running Dangerously, the Polar Edition, which was was, was basically, um, it, it was, it was 10, I, I was supposed to run 10 marathons in the 10 coldest places on earth. And it started so well. I went to, to, to Siberia in Russia in January. Um, I went to the Yukon in Canada for the, yep. uh, for the, for the race there. I went to Alaska um, and then I went to Iceland. And then I was on my way to the North Pole 
when the world went into lockdown. So it was a, it was a great um, one of my bucket list things to, to run a marathon at, at the top of the world. You know, it would, it would have been amazing. Yeah. Um, so so you know, it didn't happen. But I'm, I'm determined to continue the project when we uh, are out of lockdown. So I will go to the North Pole. I will go to Antarctica. Um, and and I schedule to go. My first one is hopefully Greenland in October, if if I'm allowed, okay. and hopefully it will be by then. Uh, Antarctica in December, um, and then North Pole. I've rebooked in now for April next year. So I I, I hope to get the other six in. Well, what I will do is just when, when they will happen. Of um, course. And I won't launch a new project until I finish that one because I've made you know pledges and promises to people, um, sponsors, donors. So so it is important that you know as I say, you're only as good as your last expedition. I promised I'd build a school. Um, I hope to build out a rowing. It didn't get built out the rowing, so I needed to do something else. So, so I, I got to keep, you know, I, I probably bit off more than I can chew with a school, but I will deliver it. Um, it it's going to take longer than I thought. The COVID affected all the plans, but I made a promise to the children. I made a promise to the sponsors. Uh, the school will get built, and and all my efforts go 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 into to getting that school built. You know, I, I'm very determined to make that happen. No, it's fantastic. And if people want to know more about that project you're particularly involved in, um, where can they find more information out about it? Um, yeah, you can visit the uh, the charity website is frontlinechildren.org. Or if you want to see a bit more about what I do in terms of fundraising, it's jordanwiley.org. Um, and my, my social handle is at Mr. Jordan Wiley on, on all channels. Fantastic. And I've got to ask, because for a man that's done so many of the things you have, including, as you say, going across the Babel Mandeb Strait, um, which, yes, it's 18 nautical miles, but it's, it's regarded as the most dangerous stretch of water in the world, isn't it? And then for those that have either heard about or read your books, the incidents with the Smiley Pirates, the running, what does scare you now, then? What, what do you fear at the moment? <laughs> it's a good question. Um, do you know, I, 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 I fear, do you know, it sounds really crazy. I fear for, for the world that, that, is, that is evolving in front of us for my daughter. I fear for the next generation, you know, that the world is becoming more challenging than it's ever been. I, I think I think it's it's very complex. There are a lot of issues and I fear for, for the next generation. Um, and, you know, that's it's, it's it's really tough. It's really difficult. You know, we thought we knew everything when we were 14, 15 and the world has changed so much. Now we look at, you know, look at, you know it's, it's things like knife crime, gun crime, you know, and, and, and these sorts of things that are, people don't think twice about these days. I think it almost feels like life has become quite cheap in, in, in the world now and, and is not valued as much as it was. I, I don't know, but I, I do fear for the next generation, which is why I think we need as many role models. We need as many force for good people like yourselves spreading positivity messages. Um, uh, you know, we, we need more people uh, at the forefront of, of, of sort of society for the right reasons. Um, and, you know, it, it's quite concerning. But apart from that, um, I, I probably scared of running out of stories in the pub for the grandkids um but uh, <laughs> I, I i know i i you know i i just take i i just take life as it comes and um i i, I try to do my best as i say i don't always get it right but uh, you know we 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 we, we got to try and make a difference and do some good in the world we, we, we've we've you know especially as veterans we've been around a lot we've seen a lot we've seen the good we've seen the bad we need to take those experiences and try and inject some some good into the next generation and, and hopefully uh, you know if a lot of us do that we can we can we can make a big difference in the world i think and i think also you know i know that i'm not going to change the world but we can change the world for a handful of kids out there and if we can help a few kids well then absolutely we should you know why, why, why should we not we're very lucky we're very fortunate we're very blessed you know we, we came from humble beginnings but humble in our world is very different than humble in a lot of other parts of the world yeah. Um, I know I'm a little bit limited with time because we've got to shoot, but I've got a few more questions if I may, Jordan. No, go for it, sure. Um, first one is, at what stage did you think climbing Kilimanjaro barefoot was a good idea? 
<laughs> I think uh, was this a pub thing or? You know, it was it was a couple of friends who invited me to come on it, and I suggested. I said it was a fundraising project, and and this was my right. first. This was actually my first real lesson of of how if you do things differently, you can have a bigger impact in terms of fundraising. Um, yeah. Two of my friends wanted to climb it. Uh, I I said to them, but you know, lots of people have climbed Kilimanjaro. You know, it's 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 not the biggest mountain in the world, but it's it's a substantial mountain. It's the biggest mountain in Africa, biggest freestanding mountain. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's, it, if we're fit enough, we'll be able to do it, no problem. And I said, let's let's do it barefoot like the locals used to do it. And they said, that's crazy. Why would we want to do it like that? Uh, it'll take a lot longer, <laughs> but it'll hurt, it'll be painful. Um, yeah. So I, I decided to do it barefoot. And, you know, they, they did it um, with in, in normal sort of fashion. And, you know, I, I, I raised uh, £50,000 more as a result of, of, of doing it in barefoot. I called it a barefoot warrior, the project. Yeah. But I didn't do anything different except for take my shoes off. Literally, I, you know, I wasn't, <laughs> too, I wasn't too clued up on the social media by then, so I wasn't all over sort of hashtags and things. But yeah, all yeah. I all I did was the same as them, but differently. Um, it's like it's like running a marathon in a in a war zone. You know, we we've been to war, we've done marathons. Mm -hmm. Let's put them together and do a marathon in a war zone. It's not something that a lot of people do. And just by a bit of creativity, a bit of innovation, you spark the imagination of the public, and before you know it. It's like Colonel uh, Colonel Tom, Captain Tom, uh, you know, again, such a simple idea, but the timing was perfect. You know, we needed yes. something to, to drive the nation, something to look up to. Uh, and, and, and he was the perfect profile, the veteran with the medals on, you know, walking around the guy is amazing. It was genius, but it was all about the timing, um, yes. you know, and, and, and he, what a legend. Uh, and this actually, some of this advice is absolutely fantastic. It's find tangible things for people to be able to donate to, find causes um, to raise money to and things differently. It's That's really useful because so many of the people that follow me and I'm sure follow you on Instagram want to do good, want to raise money, but sometimes it is a competitive market and that's superb advice. I've got another very serious question for but, you. But also Jordan. I would say, just to add, add to that as well, I would also say that, you know, I'm not, I'm not the fittest, I'm not the fastest um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a normal guy who, you know, I have a beer in an evening. I'm not somebody who is religiously in the gym. So, again, I, I, I have to differentiate myself from those people who are, the, you know, the, the gold medalist, the, the number one, yeah. you know. So, 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 so again, the risk factor, I, I bring something different to the party. So, again, it's not about how, how fast you can go or, or how high you can climb. It's just about doing things differently, finding what your niche is. Uh, Sally Orange, um, a friend of mine. Yeah, yeah. The army cadet she she runs in a piece of fruit and it's captured yeah. the imagination of the world uh, and, it's, and, it's, and, it's, and it's brilliant you know it's brilliant what she yeah. does she raises tens of thousands um, she inspires lots of people she's found her niche and she capitalized on it and that's all you've got to do i think i think you you know you, you've got to find what it is that, that, that works for you um and the serious one i had um who would have been a better footballer in their heyday you or your mum do you know my mum? My mum. My mum played for England. You know she had. Yes. She had seven England <laughs> caps. She was a. She did. She was a left. Uh, she was a left wing wizard. I can remember watching her. She was captain of Blackpool for fifteen years, and I can remember watching her. Uh, and she was like a Ryan Giggs on the left wing, and she would take free. <laughs> me and my schoolmates used to go and watch her, and she would take free kicks and drop them in over the wall. Uh, my my mum was a much better footballer, and and the irony is <laughs> that. My dad was. My dad couldn't kick a ball to save his life. He had a career in the Royal Marines. He's uh, a terrible footballer, but my mum was the footballer in the family. And, and still today, when I go up, up north to see the family, it's brilliant yeah. because you know you, you walk in most houses and you put the football on, and there'll be someone moaning, but everyone yeah. loves the football. My mum, my mum will be the first one watching match of the day. It's, it's brilliant. Oh, fantastic! 
And it must be difficult with that as well, because I remember my mum tipped onto a penalty shootout once as a kid, sort of toe punted one in the corner. That was about as good as it got. He was a genuine competition as a young lad, trying to play against her and get better. Oh, my mum, you know, I used to be good at the old kick-ups, the old sort of juggling the ball, and my mum, my mum taught me everything I know, all the sort of tricks uh, and tips. You know, we, we play head tennis for hours, me and my mum. Um, uh, incredible woman, you know, uh, and actually um, a very lucky, very uh, inspirational parents, role models. And then what final words of advice then would you give anyone that has got an aspiration to try and take on a challenge similar to some of the ones you've done? What would be your, the first thing you'd recommend them doing? I think, you know, you've got to, first of all, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to find whatever your challenge is, identify what the project is. I think, you know, you have to believe in it more than anyone before you, before you go and try and sell it to the nation, sell it to your friends, your family, you have to hundred percent believe that you can do it. Um, so, so in that respect, you know, dream big, but be realistic as well. Um, I mm -hmm. think that if you've got a goal, absolutely go for it. There's no such thing as, as impossible. You know, it might be difficult. It might be challenging. Um, and normally, if it's things like a world first, it's normally, you know, a lot of these things, have, uh, there aren't many world firsts left to do. Yeah. Uh, which, which, and normally, if there is a world first left to do, it's normally because it's pretty dangerous. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and that's why it's not been done. So, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, it is, um, if you've got a dream, you've got to absolutely go for it. Um, it doesn't matter what it is, if you, if you believe in it. But also, you have to understand that it's, it, you know, if it's a big goal and it's a, it, it's a big dream, it's not going to come easy. You know, there are going to be challenges. There are going to be setbacks. I think when you, you know, doing the row or the run, that's actually, uh, people wouldn't believe the easy bit. That's the bit that, you, that you're excited about. It's, it's the bringing all that together. It's the logistics. Yeah. It's dealing with government agencies. It's getting insurance for hostile environments. It's convincing your people to, to sponsor you. It's having a satellite phone to communicate in case anything goes wrong. You don't, it's that iceberg effect. You don't see what goes on beneath the surface on a, on a major expedition. Uh, all you see is the glory moment in the on the Sky News or the Daily Mail with a flag, yeah, and actually yeah. that's you know that, that that only represents one percent of what you've actually done to get there. Um, so it's 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 a great challenge, and if anyone ever wants any advice of where to start, you know, feel free to drop me a message. I I, I will always come back. I'm not the fastest, um, but I will always come back to people eventually. Uh, eventually, reach out to me. Um, but but I, I think attitude is everything. I always say. I, I always give cadets my, my, I sort of finish with my ABC rule. And it's, first of all, attitude is absolutely everything in life. I think regardless of, of qualifications, regardless of your experiences, your background, where you've come from, social status, if you've got the right attitude in life, you will go a long way. And most people will give you a chance or an opportunity um, if you've got the right attitude. I say B is for build relationships everywhere you go. Um, building relationships is so important. But equally as important, if not more important, in fact, is maintaining relationships. Humans have this terrible habit of, of going to people when they want something. They, 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 yeah. they reach out when they need something or want something. And I try to maintain relationships as best as I can. A, a friend of mine who, who wrote a great book, an American called Keith Ferrazzi, he said to me many years ago, he said, the currency of, of true networking is generosity. And I try, to, I try to use that all the time. If people want help, I try to give help. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I try to help people where I can help them if I can help them. And if you focus on what you can give as opposed to what you can get, life looks after you. I don't know how it works. I'm not spiritual. I'm not religious. But the more you help people, the better things happen to you. I don't know. It just happens. It just that's the way it works. Uh, you, give, you know, and you don't. But I didn't always used to be like that. You know, if you'd have asked me ten years ago, I'd have been, I'd have been, what's in it for me? You know, what can I get from it? Yeah. Um, 
and, and that's human nature naturally. But now I, I try to help and, and, and life comes back to, to look after you in, in weird ways. Um, and finally, C is continued professional development. Um, I think that, that you linking into attitude, never stop learning. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come, what qualifications again. You just have to realize that every day you're learning something new. It might be a negative, it might be a positive, but as long as you you, you take away, uh, you know, you, you, you have takeaways from everything you're doing um, and you keep learning, you know, keep training yourself, keep educating yourself. And it doesn't have to be in a textbook or in a classroom. You know, life, travel, meet people, talk to people, embrace new cultures, try new food. It's all a learning journey. Uh, and, and it's so important for our personal growth and development. Yeah, so I think, yeah, the ABC route, attitude, build relationships, continuous professional development no fantastic um as you like your quote so much i'll leave you with one as well it's not yes, mine sadly, I wish it was um the world is a book and those who have not traveled have read but only a page yeah it's a classic brilliant and it, but um generally thank you so much for all your time this evening um good luck with your sky interview it's not clearly going to be as well followed interesting as it was on i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> but um, and I look forward to when this is fine at lockdown, everything does good. We can travel for 20 minutes up the road to meet each other and finally get that beer as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for, for having me on, on your, your Insta live. Um, keep up the awesome work as well. You know, it's Thank you're you. doing some great work. I'm, I'm watching uh, from a distance and you're doing some great things. And I'm, I, you know, I, we need more people doing the things that you're doing out there. Keep inspiring, keep encouraging, uh, and, and don't change who you are. But thank you again so much. And I'll, I'll speak to you soon, mate. No, I appreciate it. Take care. Cheers, mate. Bye. And that concludes another interview for the day. Thank you to each and every one of you for listening. And as ever, if you have any feedback, send it through to me at my Instagram handle at fighting underscore the underscore dadbod. Enjoy the rest of your day.